1: Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode number 108 of Bleeding Blue, and today we are jumping back into Ernie Paladino. We're giving some Wellington Mara stories, how Jerry Jones is an ass. We have some Dan Reeves replacement conversations that we're going to talk about, and Giants fans' obsession with Nick Saban. We're going to talk about the origin of that. We may even fit a Tom Coughlin story in there and uh snacks we got one more week until training camp which is exciting for 2020 giants news not happy well uh this is the intro and you're really bringing down the energy um uh, one week until training camp exciting for exciting news for 2020 giants and current giants but also we will be doing some training camp stories as well next week so it's exciting without further ado let's bleed blue (laughs) Snacks. How are you doing?
0: So you replaced the bleeding blue, 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 blue with that. I like that. That's good. Um, I'm doing well. I am. I am just coming, coming back from a nice little family barbecue. Had a good time. Um, overall, I've had a nice little weekend, uh,
1: which started on Friday. Mm. Started
0: on Friday. What'd you do on Friday?
1: Oh, um, we actually got together. You, you and I. Not we you did. and me. That's correct English. You and yeah, I. Fuck English. We got together in Emerson, New Jersey. I am from exit. Um, well, uh, let's just let's just throw out where Snacks lives. I've I've done it before on Talking Giants. Uh, <laughs> where I've accidentally I've I've let slip out the exact town where I live. So around, you know, the exit one sixties on the on the on the Garden State Parkway. One sixty five. And- Uh, Okay, we'll we'll just just, tell them. I don't care. We'll just give out all of our locations. I'm exit. I'm exit 135 on the Garden State Parkway. So I really trekked up there, but it was for a very, very good reason and purpose. I didn't mind trekking up there because you had the hookup with two separate things. Mm -hmm. You had the hookup with the Italian restaurant. You had the hookup with the cigars, which was awesome. Yes. So that was a great time. We had we had a fantastic time.
0: We did. We enjoyed both of them. Uh, the cigars. They're... You you said you didn't love it. You didn't love it. I, know. I didn't. I didn't I know. really
1: enjoy it because I'm not really. And this is even with how I work with food as well. I don't like sweet things in food. I if wish it's I not. I like wish dessert. I had known that. Yeah. If it's not like in dessert or I'm not like I'm. You can't mix sweet and tender things for me. It just doesn't work like that. You know.
0: Yeah. I uh, I wound up feeling really bad because I I actually like that. In a cigar, a lot like a little sweetness, a mm-hmm. little touch to it. Um, but I probably should have got your preference on that. So I do apologize, and I will have a better one next time. Well, no, I um, needed
1: to try it though because I'm just I'm just starting yeah. to get into the get into the game of it here uh, in terms of the the cigar smoking and. I needed to try it because every single one that I've had, you know, it's been, it's had like the, I don't want to call it the bitter taste, but the non-sweet taste. And all that I've heard is, oh, it's a little, little tang of chocolate here and there or something like that. And I needed to try it. So it's good. We got out of the way. And now I know to not do that.
0: And now I know not to buy those. And um, your chicken marsala was good, correct? Oh,
1: yeah. I, I, so here's another, I've definitely said this on Bleeding Blue before. Um, I don't know how I ever got to this point, but I, Definitely have said it. You know, 108 episodes. I've had to say it at least once because it's such a big part of my life. It is like my dream to travel the country to just try all of the chicken marsalas. And, and why not the world? Why am, I limiting, why am I limiting myself to the country? But I guess just travel the country to try all the best chicken marsalas and find the best one. That is my dream. That is my goal in life.
0: Do you know how fucking insane that is? No, people people travel the world and the country for a lot of things. Chicken marsala, I don't think, is one of them.
1: I just really love chicken marsala. I'm very passionate about it.
0: <sighs> you, listen, I want to tell you something because you know, you know, I love you. You know, I would do anything for you. But you are fucking insane if that's what you would travel the country for. That's mm-hmm. all. That's what I'm saying. I'm sorry. Okay. I feel bad about saying it, but I kind of don't because I think it's a little ridiculous, and I'm sorry I'm making my fantasy baseball pick right now. That's all right. Who, who, who's and on the board? Not many people. We're in the second to last round, so oh, I'm just trying to just trying to get high upside guys. Take, uh, um,
1: Ty- Tyro Estrada. Sh- uh, no. he, uh, he got shot. He's on the Yankees.
0: No. Um, okay. Maybe I'll pick him up on waivers later on. But no, don't do it. No, I'm not going to. Um I mean, chicken marsala is a great dish. It's a great meal, but the travel country is a little insane. Anyway, I don't want to spend a lot of time on chicken marsala. I want to bring up something. Um, so we went to dinner and we came back to my house. I have a very nice deck, um, and a couple buddies came over. Max, the animal from from my uh, yeah the podcast, I wrong fade the public bdge. He came over, and my my very good friend Mike, uh, big Giants fan as you know, um, seen him at the tailgates a few times. He came over as well with his lovely girlfriend. And towards the end of the night, there was a conversation that, that was brought up. Would you like to uh would you like to
1: to talk about that? Was not initiated by me, by the way.
0: No, no, it wasn't, but it was escalated by you. So
1: Alright, well, I'm the type of no, no, person. No, 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 no. Don't all right
0: well me. Get right to it. Okay.
1: Alright, so basically, Animal, Max, Max the Animal, B D G E, Faye the Public. He brought up this notion and the fact that like you look at Carson Palmer's career, and granted, there were two or three seasons in there where he had torn ACLs and he missed seasons, and he probably retired here. That he had a two-year stint of 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 Oakland, which was bad, but relatively, if you put especially his early to mid years in Cincinnati and his late year and his early years in Arizona, has a pretty good NFL career, pretty pretty good, pretty solid, pretty fine. Now, Max the Animal's argument was that you would almost take Carson Palmer's consistency year in and year out and his talent level. His talent level, you would take that over Eli Manning. That was the argument.
0: And you're an idiot, because you agreed with
1: him. No, I did not agree with him. See, this That's is bullshit where... yes,
0: you did. Yes, you did. You were making a case
1: for Palmer over Eli. You were. No. Just because you it also what you just, mean, no. just because you make a case for something doesn't mean that you automatically agree with that as well. Not true.
0: Not true. That means you have some belief in it if you're even remotely thinking about the case. Sports banter between friends on a deck—you are making a case. You have some belief in it. Fact, not opinion.
1: Sports banter between friends is also good when it's a balanced conversation. And I'm sorry. This was know,
0: just a dumb argument. If you said like Matt Ryan or something, fine. Carson. Palmer.
1: Alright, so the way that the way that I broke it down. Oh. And I don't I don't agree with it by the way. I do not agree with it. The way that I broke it down is you don't love Eli Manning because of his like great arm. Eli Manning has an above average during his prime, he has an above average arm talent. Sure. You know, that's what Gilbride's offense was for does not have a A Rodgers arm, does not have a Mahomes arm. No, does not have a Favre arm. Those Those guys are elite in terms of we're talking about arm talent. Correct. So you don't love Eli Manning because of one certain intangible that he has. He's not like a very talented quarterback, but you love his body of work, you love the things that you can't measure, like the clutch gene. I'm a big analytics guy, but yes, I do believe in the clutch gene. I do believe that there is obviously and very much a difference between how you perform in the last two minutes of the fourth quarter and the last two minutes of the first quarter. It's it's meant, it's meant a mental thing. There is a difference, and Eli Manning had that. Uh, a guy like Carson Palmer does not. So I can go nope. on all day. I can, go, I can go on all day, and you're going to go on all day because I already know you're going to do it, and I'm not going to take your points of why you think that Eli Manning is just a much better quarterback than Carson Palmer. Palmer, but I'm saying from a talent standpoint, and I think Max was saying this too, this is not even something that I was like, I was like, yes, I totally agree with you. You're acting like I was, you know, I was, I was clapping for Max as he was talking and as he was making his points. I was not, I was trying to provide balance to a conversation, which honestly, this is, this is how, this is how psycho I am that I've taken like my, my podcasts and the way that I run things as a co-host, I've now taken that to my regular everyday life.
0: Oh yeah, honestly, you know what's funny? You see it when we were all talking, and it was a fun comment because we talked about a lot more than just like Eli and and that and Carson Palmer. But the way you speak is kind of the way that you try and present information to your listeners and followers, which is honestly, it's pretty cool. You're consistent I'm, like that. Well,
1: it's it's part of being genuine and authentic. Right. But part of me being genuine and authentic is that I'm just a nerd all the time. Well, So that's it's not okay. I'm not putting on a persona on on one end and then being I mean, a, a jackass on the other.
0: You want you. you, wanna, you you want to travel the country for Chicken Marcel. Of course yeah. you're a fucking nerd. Um, but at the end of the day, you were cheering Max on saying, I was not, Carson I'm so Palmer he's better, better, is better, is better. Listen, 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 listen. I'll tell you right now, okay? I'm going to tell you right now. I had a few wines that night. You saw it. I had a few. Mm-hmm. Okay? I remember every fucking detail of that night. <laughs> every single one. Every word that was said, every point that was made, everything. I know what you said. You're the one that's lying, not me. Anyway,
1: I'm suing you for defamation of my image because that's what I you, dare you. you did. You did a huge public onslaught on Sunday. Of I did. Justin Penix said this. Justin Penix said you do not even you didn't even throw Max. Max is the one that initiated the argument, and you didn't even throw Max is a Giants fan though. <sighs> But I didn't initiate any of this, and I was trying to provide balance to a conversation where I saw, you know, it's like yes, you look at Carson Palmer's stat. If if we're just going off of yards, which by the way I don't like, you know, yards. Stupid and, stat. I know, it, I know. Yeah, but you were also using it to your advantage too by saying well, that Eli well, seven. No, the whole no, time. because
0: Max brought up numbers. Max was like, "Well, he's 14th. He's only seven players behind Eli." I was like, "Okay, well, if you're gonna use that, then that's a stat you could
1: actually use in an argument." 14, right years, 14 years, and he missed, like, three seasons.
0: That's a bi- First of all, that's a big thing.
1: And he's 14th I- of all time in passing yards.
0: That's a big thing, though.
1: Yes, and that's Missing part of my- three years is that's a big of- thing. That's what's part your- of my... No, listen, listen. This is what's part your, of my what's argument. Your,
0: what, what is the best ability you could have?
1: It's availability, and part of my argument for why Eli Manning is a Hall of Famer, and, and this tweet got a ton of hate especially got a ton of hate yeah. on Instagram when I posted on Instagram about why Eli Manning is a Hall of Famer is because how many other quarterbacks in NFL history were there for their football teams as one. as long as Eli Manning was for one team not, one. not many not many even it's, Brady it, left
0: well you know, you know what I, I was you know what i was going to bring up far but i you're, he didn't even start with green bay so that's pretty idiotic the, thinking on my end you're yeah. right you're right. Yo, Troy, Troy Aikman's probably the one, Troy, You know what? And was he even there that long? What, what was he, 10 year starter there? I mean, that's long, but like Montana went to the Chiefs afterwards. Right. Um, you know, maybe Steve Young, but he was not a star. He, he didn't start until he was like 27. So it's a good point. It's a good point, and that should not get hate. And I think that's a big thing on my argument. When you said Carson Palmer's better, I said no. I, no. Well, you did. It it's okay. Say- it's fine. It's fine. You did. It's fine. But you know Carson Palmer didn't he like retire? Didn't he like fucking retire? And then the Bengals traded him. He just quit. He's got yeah, up because he had
1: those because he had those two weird years with Oakland. Carson Palmer also didn't even start playing till he was twenty five. It's very strange. That is kind of um, strange. I didn't know that. Very strange. When well, he played four years. Max's USC, guess, argument, huh? not my argument. Max's argument was just solely going off of a talent standpoint. And I still talent- think that's a,
0: I still think that's a stretch. Okay. Okay. Fair. I'm, I'm just saying, is Larry Fitzgerald one of the greatest receivers of all time?
1: Yes. We it talked about TJ Hushmanzada. We talked about Chad Johnson. Chad Ochocinco. Chad
0: yeah. And Quan Bolden, who may be the most underrated wide receiver ever. Mm-hmm. So I'm just saying, he had a healthy Hakeem Knicks for like two years. Burris, yes. Burris was huge. But he wasn't Larry Fitzgerald or Chad Ochocinco good. No. All right. Anyway, you know what? I just wanted to bring it up. I'm sorry. I wanted the listeners to know that you think Carson Palmer was better than Eli Manning. No, nope, not
1: exactly. Not exactly. Um, so there you go. Um, snacks. Is there anything that you that you need to apologize for this week?
0: Uh, no, no, no. Um. Wow. No, no, no. I feel great.
1: The whole point of this segment is
0: to apologize for something.
1: Is to apologize for something.
0: All right, then fine, then fine. Um, it has nothing to do with our podcast, though. So okay. On the max front. As you know, I co-host a fantasy football podcast. Well, it's mostly like just a football and regular, regular banter podcast now with with Max, who was at the house on Friday and um, on Monday night, I kind of eviscerated him and I called him a lot of bad names. Was uh, oh, we this playing... with Madden? Is yes, in it was. To it was. No. It was. Like the whole thing got very, very personal. It got mm-hmm. heated. Um, I said some things that, in retrospect, I probably don't want to say again. So it was very rude. And Madden that's not etiquette. who I am. Oh, f- don't please don't bring up Madden etiquette. He's so fucking stupid for that.
1: I'm, so apologi- whole, so I'm apologizing. apologize the whole thing was centered around
0: Madden uh, etiquette,
1: like fourth and goal at the five six, yard line, six minute quarters, five. Uh, the other team's five yard line. So you're you're in the red zone,
0: right? I'm up and, three. There's two minutes yeah, left in the third. Yes, and so, we're playing. We're playing for a big thing. Like we're we're watch, we're, we're going on Twitch. We're doing. I don't want to lose. I want to win. I want to win the seven game series.
1: But has. again, I can understand where Max is coming from. I don't agree with him on this, but okay, I can understand good. where Max is so coming from. And
0: I said that, and I do – I get where he's saying. But I think I – th- if I don't get it, if I – if I obviously, if I if I throw an incomplete pass or I get stuffed, this argument never comes up,
1: ever. And Max's whole argument was is that since you're doing it in front of a Twitch audience and a live audience, keep the it's close. better. it's better for content that you only go up by six – as opposed to ten, which in my which in my opinion, it's not like we're talking about. It's not like we're talking about two minutes to go in the fourth quarter. Thank you. It's go ahead. it's the third quarter.
0: It's the third quarter, and I'm not going up seventeen where it's a three possession game. I'm going up right. ten. It's a field goal and a touchdown.
1: And you still have eight if minutes I go, to go. If yeah. You
0: have eight minutes to go, and if I go up, if I go up six, and then he scores a touchdown, who's to say I don't ever get? The, I he just stops me. Like I'm yeah. going for the win. I'm playing to win. Shout out Herman Edwards. I was playing. To win the game. It's a Giants history podcast, next. Yeah, I know. I'm sorry, Herman Edwards. Like, good thing we weren't alive for that. I probably, would, I probably would have killed myself um, if I saw that live. But, wow. but yeah. So, uh, I, I apologize to Max. I said some really, really hateful things. And Justin, are you um, talking about Miracle in the Meadowlands?
1: Yes, the first one. Oh, I have a, I have a pop quiz for you. Who was the running back? Larry Zanka. All oh, right. Well, I mean, oh, that's because I already didn't. I already quiz somebody on this when I was around. When you were around me,
0: I don't remember. I just knew that. Oh, it's because you watched my breakdown video. Oh yeah, that's why. Yeah, that's yeah. why. Yeah. Um, anyway, I want to apologize to Max. I said some really hurtful things, and I feel bad. And Justin, you know, even though I come off pretty aggressive on this podcast, you know I'm actually a very nice person. So yes, I, very I nice do, person. I do apologize to Max, and I am I am very sorry for that. He's a yes. good guy. He's a very good friend. So.
1: All right, we're about fifteen minutes in. I think. Yeah. I oh have, yeah
0: we do, we we just go. we just ramble. I'm I have
1: sorry. no, but I have my stopwatch up. But I did want to talk about this. Earlier, just some housekeeping things. We're at 115 ratings on the Apple Podcast app. I would love, 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 love love to get to maybe 120 ratings Around the time that camp starts, so maybe uh, maybe one or two weeks after camp starts, I would love to get to 120 ratings on the Apple Podcast app. That would be great. Um, we're doing some really good things. We're having a lot of fun with this. Uh, you know, we're gonna be we're gonna be trucking along when the season comes. We're gonna try mm-hmm. to pre-record our episodes so. We won't be reacting to any kind of, like, Giants loss or win from the following mm. Sunday. That's not but we'll re- We will continue to be releasing episodes throughout the season. Instead of Mondays, they will come to you on Tuesdays because Talking Giants is going to be releasing episodes Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, I that's believe, epic. this that's year. Epic. So that's really That's awesome.
0: You know, on and that's the- where you—that's where you're getting your day-to-day <clears throat> breakdowns of games yeah. and everything like that. So go there, go watch, or go listen to Talking Giants during the season, and then still listen to us for everything Giants history. Yeah, twenty—we're we're having a lot of fun with this.
1: Yeah, twenty to thirty minutes during the season because what we're going to be doing, we're going to be playing the Steelers Week One. Snacks and I, we're going to be taking a look back on. The Giants, uh, Giants and Steelers, like franchise history in terms of the games that they played together. So we're definitely going to be talking about and ripping Ben Roethlisberger apart for yes. that four interception performance that he had in two thousand eight. Um, yeah, we may talk about had
0: a kick return touchdown that game.
1: Yes, yes, and we may talk about some devastating losses too if they're significant. Um, so we'll we'll have some fun with it. Yes.
0: Yes, absolutely. And the Steelers and Giants are linked together forever, um, the Rooney and Mara family. Mm-hmm. So uh that's that's an organization i i literally there's 32 teams in the nfl i love one of them i hate the rest the steelers are the only team i respect like outside of the giants that's it so um that will be a lot of fun
1: yeah so and also talking giants during uh training camp we're going to be having episodes monday through friday three times a week they're going to be ppp's pro, uh, player profile and projections. And then the other two times a week, we're going to have our regular episodes. But also Bleeding Blue, we're not going to stop. We will also come to you um, one time a week on Monday. Um, so during the season, you're going to have four episodes a week. Um, one on Giants history, three on the everyday Giants news. And then during training camp, you're going to have six episodes Monday through Friday. Five on the everyday Giants, one on Giants history. And until the season starts, Snacks and I, we will be continuing like our stories and stuff like that. I think we may be able... Now... We're pretty we're I think we're almost three quarters done with Paladino. I don't know. I'm just I'm looking at the girth of the book that I have left. Let me see we it. We may be able to squeeze out the rest of the season on Paladino um without having to start another book. So snacks, I unfortunately think that your idea that you had, and this is something that we talked about privately. Uh, your idea that we had about uh, going to Tom Coughlin's book that he wrote—it's mm-hmm. like a big like leadership book and and things like yes. that—and oh that uh, made... well,
0: there's two of them. There's two of them. Hold on, there's two of them. I'm sorry, yeah. I'm sorry. No, his second tell his me. second one was like very leadership, right? And it was it was amazing. The first one, and we we talked about both, it touched on a, a little bit um, privately. The first one was all about the 2017 and that season. Mm-hmm. So, um, go Think ahead. We and may start
1: with that one, right? Think I would love to. Yeah, that. yeah. I would okay. love to. Yeah. Um, so that's probably going to be. An off-season thing,
0: that well, which is fine. I you know that that doesn't bother me. I'm good whenever because we're gonna do this till we die. So we're gonna which, do it till I mean, we I, die.
1: I, which is probably five years for you. Yeah, well, oh, five years. Generous. I'll take, I'll take
0: five. That's all. That's very generous.
1: Or is this is this the first episode that we're having since you got your giant's tattoo?
0: It is. Yes. Remember yes. we?
1: Oh shit! We keep on we keep on procrastinating over Palladino. Yeah, all I right. know. I know. I let's, feel really let's bad. Let's do this but, quick. Let's
0: we, do this quick. Oh, yeah, and you saw it Friday, so. Mm-hmm. But yes, it uh, it didn't hurt. The only thing that hurt was um, I stupidly sat in the sun on Sunday playing mm. cards with my father, and my back got completely burnt to shit. And you got it, was... it right below the neck. Right below the neck, yes, because right I want I wanted it to come out a little bit when I'm wearing a shirt, so people could see. Um, so I'm very happy. The guy did a really good job. Uncharted tattoo, New York City. So, that's it. Only a giant. I'm marked forever, and I will literally never. Be a fan of another team, ever. As Look, if the tattoo needed any validation. <laughs>
1: well, here's my thing. You came on this podcast and you said that you were good, that you were going to put Eli, HOF, and colon right underneath. Did you listen to my advice and you're going to do that when he actually gets inducted?
0: Yes. Okay. You, you talk me out of it because, God forbid he doesn't, then I'm going to be an asshole of epic proportions. Yeah. Of epic proportions. And I, I'm thinking like... Just real quick on this, and then let's let's please get into Paladino because there's a lot of stories that we, you were saying before that I kind of want to get into. I was going to put the 10, but I didn't want to make it too much like that. I kind of wanted it to be like for me too like because I, myself, am a Giants right. fan, like a diehard Giants fan, so I wanted mm-hmm. to keep it like that. And I just think the quote is so great. Um, and also and if I,
1: you put the 10, it would have been so obvious you copying that Talking Giants shirt. Yes, true. Now, now it's, I, it's I did, fairly I did, obvious. I didn't, I didn't obvious want now. copyright
0: infringement. Yeah, sorry, Bobby. Sorry, guys. But then again, I don't give a fuck. Um, I'm a contributor now, by the way. So you know, uh, oh, I'm kidding. Shit. What do you mean one episode? I'm in. I'm a contributor. I can call myself that. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But um, I also, I was also do. Hold on, real quick. Again, real quick. We could ramble for forever. It's actually kind of the beauty of this podcast, which I love. But do you think I should put the logo underneath it?
1: No, I'm kind of liking it and digging yeah. it because it's 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 you. It's just you.
0: Yeah, that's that's fair. I, I, I'm leaning towards I'm leaning towards that. Not I don't doing think there's it.
1: any clarification that, that that tattoo needs.
0: That's that's a very good point. Yeah. You're right. Okay. Well, you got me sold, so I'm not gonna get the tattoo. So uh I think I have an idea.
1: Okay. All right. Um how much do you hate Jerry Jones on a scale of one to ten? Million. Okay. Um this, this uh this story is definitely going to back up um back up that hatred. So uh Ernie Paldino, If These Walls Could Talk, Giant Stories of the Last 20 Years. It's been a lot of fun, basically, for the past, I don't even know, the past, like, month we've been reading it, and it's been a lot of fun. Uh, this chapter is going to take a few episodes, and it is about, it is called Of Gods, Generals, and Fulberg Captains. It's coaches, owners, GMs, stories of all these big leaders for the Giants. Um, this is going to be a lot of fun. So, <clears throat> this story is called Going After Jones. Willington Merrow was a league guy, first, last, and always. So imagine the displeasure he had with Jerry Jones when the Cowboys owner strode onto the field during a second quarter timeout of the Giants, increasingly disheartening 35-0 opener loss in 1995. Well, that was bright. Mm-hmm. In, uh, <laughs> in 1995, with Nike president Phil Knight on one side and Nike client spokesperson and tennis champion Monica Sells on the other. So let me let me say this again. Jerry Jones strode onto the field, and this is at Giants Stadium, this is not in Dallas, strode onto the field during a second-quarter timeout of the Giants' 35-0 opener loss in 1995 with Phil Knight and Monica Sells on the other. So, okay, here we go. Remember, this was in Giants Stadium on a Monday night in front of a national audience. Regardless of his gross lack of taste, The always publicity-hungry Jones certainly knew how to get the most bang for his stunts. Jones had arranged this as part of the 4A outside the NFL's revenue-sharing business model. So apparently, NFL's revenue-sharing business model, there's a certain model that, that owners are supposed to follow. This is apparently outside of it a setup Mara helped create in the early 1960s. Jones had signed a seven-year deal with Nike as a Texas stadium sponsor with rights to use the stadium's name and logo in connection with Nike products. Jones would not share any revenue from that deal with the rest of the league. Jones stood on the sideline the rest of the half, going so far as to introduce defensive lineman Chad Hennings tonight. The league had since instituted various levels of team specific revenues, but at the time Jones' actions were not only revolutionary but rebellious, at least in Mara's eyes. At first the owner took Jones stroll with the handful with a handful of salt. I'm just honored he thought to use our stadium for it, Mara said. But after thinking about it overnight, he was in a quite different mood the following morning. I feel sorry for Jerry, Mara said, knowing that Jones had cut a similar deal with Pepsi weeks before the Nike agreement. He's a very successful entrepreneur who made a great deal of money for himself. Then he saw this great thing called the NFL and said, I want to be a part of this, but I don't think he has a concept of how to be a part of a team. He doesn't realize that when you do something to enhance yourself, you hurt the rest of the team. It's like a guy who runs a great leg on a mile relay and doesn't want to give up the baton. He just wants to do it all himself. Jones fired back that, deal, that the deal didn't threaten the overall revenue-sharing nature of the league, a legendary facet that still helps small market franchises like Green Bay stay in business. But Mara wasn't buying it. I'm sorry that a man who's highly intelligent hasn't grasped the fundamentals of the NFL that made it attractive to get into, into the first place. In the long run, he's hurting the valuation of his franchise, Mara said. This marked one of the few times the venerable Giants owner, a pillar of reason in often rambunctious league meetings, got it wrong. Dallas remains one of the richest franchises in the league, right there with the Giants. And Washington Football Club, this says the R word. We don't say that anymore. No, 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 can't say that. Needless to say, Mara never had a real soft spot for the oil baron from Arkansas.
0: I fucking hate, I really, I hate Jerry Jones. It's like, it's like scumbag move going on the field and a blowout loss on your away to hurt, you know. But I'm glad Paladino brings up that one of the few times Mr. Mara was wrong was, was that because Jerry Jones, um, for as much as I hate him and I will send you a picture outside of uh, the drunk tank at Giant Stadium or MetLife, I got into a screaming battle with him. So I could I could tell you that story another time if, if you'd like. Uh, with Jerry sure, Jones? Yes. Do you want me to tell a story? It's literally – it's on Jerry Jones. It's on Jerry Jones. Okay. Um, Have I never told you this one? You you amaze me. I've definitely told you this one. You amaze me. I don't know if that's a compliment or you're insulting me. Go ahead. Well, either way. Um, Okay. So uh, I will make it quick because I – and before I do this, I want to say that Um, With that story, Wellington was – Mr. Marr was very wrong. Jerry Jones is a master marketer and he made the Cowboys to what they are now. You still don't do that though. No, no, no. Well, that's why I said he's a scumbag. You don't do that at all. That's just – there's no place for that. You're you're an owner. Like know your place, okay? Like stay up there and enjoy a win. You don't do that. I I don't blame Mr. Marr.
1: But collaborating with Nike, I guess, like is that what you're saying? Like that's –
0: yeah. I mean yeah. come on. Come on. Um, shrug your shoulders. Yeah yes, exactly. Well, yeah, I'm on video, I know where everybody's listening, but you know what I was doing. I'm like, yeah. come on. Um so I think the year was it was 2012. It was the home opener after the Super Bowl and we lost to the Cowboys on national television. Um so as you know, you've seen my tailgates. We we get we get rowdy, like very rowdy. Mm-hmm. Um we are like a group of 15, 20 people that get absolutely obliterated, and a lot of us tend to fight other fans all the time because we're assholes. We're literally what you don't want to experience when you go to a football game, but this is the Cowboys' is a different story. This is war. This isn't a football game. It's war, and um, we're waiting to get into the stadium, waiting to get in the stadium that night before kickoff, obviously. And this cowboy fan's coming at me. He's screaming at me. Me and him are going back for it. Like we're pointing at each other. Just I'm pointing at you like this. We're in each other's face, like nose to nose, screaming bloody murder at each other. And out of the blue, my friend, who's a lot bigger than me, he I call him my bodyguard. He comes to all the games me and whatnot. Out of the blue, my friend comes and fucking rocks him. Rocks him. Like instantly, instantly, you saw like a mark on his face. Just completely rocks him. So we just we push our way in. We get into the stadium. Um, as we're coming out, what a small world, these cowboy fans see us, tell security, this is the guy, blah, 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 blah. So, uh, they take my friend to the, to the drunk tank, which is, you know, under MetLife Stadium. It's on the corner, it's on, uh, around the bend, kind of like by where the train station is, if you're, if you're thinking about it, um, and we're waiting for him there and, and all of a sudden, clearly this is where the players come, Jerry Jones, in a car, he's in the pa- he's in the passenger seat. He's got a driver, obviously, but his window's down. So I see him. So I start screaming at him, "Fuck you, Jerry! Fuck you, America's team! My ass! Why don't you win something? You can't win shit. It's been 20 years. You suck." Yada yada yada. Back and forth. You know what he did. Blew me a kiss.
1: Oh, what a what a weirdo!
0: He blew me a kiss because they had just won. Fine, I get it. So my dumb ass tries to hop the barricade. There's a mm. little barricade that blocks yeah. it off. So I start hopping it and I get on the other side. Security rips my shirt back like that. Literally takes my shirt, rips me back because I was going to go after him. Why wouldn't I? He's right there. It's my only chance. I was going to go yeah. after him. And I'm drunk and I you know, I don't care. I, I'm a Super Bowl champion right now. He's not. So security rips him back. Jerry Jones drives off. Blows me another kiss as he does it. I'm going to send you the picture. It's not clear at all because this is 2012 and the picture was taken on a Blackberry. But... <laughs> I think you'll be able to see that it's my hand in the air screaming at Jerry Jones. So. Well, that's fun. Uh oh yeah, fun, yeah, really great. Just just great. What weirdo
1: blows blows a kiss. Like e- even twice. like twice. He blew it it was twice, not just once.
0: No, cuz as he was as he was driving away, he blew it again. Hold on, I really, I really want to say. So, so
1: Kyle Busch, Kyle Busch is one of like NASCAR's most hated drivers. Yeah, he was a scumbag. And what I don't like when he does is he bows after he win, and but he bows after he wins, and everybody's booing his ass off. I think that is the most like pretentious jerk off move that you can have to bow when people are booing you out of dis, out dis- of displeasure. Come so, on. um, but out of all things, like blowing, blowing a kiss, that's very, blowing me it's a very kiss. Strange.
0: Like, are you, are you kidding me?
1: <sighs> I never Should heard I that story, by the way. You never told me that story.
0: I thought I did. I could have sworn nope. I did. Maybe when you see this picture, you'll remember it.
1: I really think there's going to be like seven more stories of you just being belligerent, continuing to be belligerent. And you're just going to surprise us. It's, it's. That's pretty, why you get paid the big it's, bucks. It's. it's Pretty, it's
0: pretty bad, man. That's why, that's why you get, it's
1: it's you get paid the big bucks.
0: Yep, here it is. I got the picture. I'm going to send it you to you right picture. now. So you have it. Yep. Just so you can have a little... You don't see my face, but you can tell it's my pasty white hand, and you could tell okay. who it is. Yeah, it's I Jerry can... Jones.
1: All right. Oh, nice white watch you had on, or was it silver?
0: Mm-hmm. No, it was yeah, actually cam- a bracelet the Giants gave that. That was like a giveaway. Oh, that camera
1: hand. quality was great. Yeah, that is Jerry Jones. I can I can pretty much confirm that that is Jer- Jerry Jones. Hmm. Listen, I don't lie about these stories. You said no, he, well, you
0: said he was in a limo. Uh SUV something. Yeah, yeah. Something like that.
1: Why isn't he in the back seat? Be a fucking boss and go in the back
0: him. seat. Fuck him. Next. I don't want to talk about Jerry Jones. Alright, next.
1: I don't. We have I another uh we have another good uh, Wellington Mara story. So a man of few but important words. Wellington Mara never said two words when one would suffice. Known for a thoughtful pause to questions followed by a few well-chosen syllables, economy of the language was his game. Long rambling speeches or lectures weren't his thing, whether the owner was talking to one reporter or 76,000 fans at a packed Giants stadium. It was one to the latter where he uttered some of his most famous words. The 12-4 and 4 Giants had just finished dispatching the Vikings 41 to nothing in the 2000 NFC Championship game on a field that left much to be desired as far as aesthetics and footing. The franchise had begun a three year experiment that season with the natural grass tray system designed to replace the hard AstroTurf of the stadium's early years. Thank God I was not an athlete in like the nine. I mean, I guess AstroTurf, not
0: no, not AstroTurf
1: wouldn't have made its way to like high school and Pop Warner and stuff like that. But, oh, my God, just still it's like playing on fucking concrete. Um, Yeah,
0: you don't want to play on that shit.
1: It failed miserably. Even that three-year experiment post turf failed miserably. The grassroots never did take hold. The field looked nice enough when it was new, but kickers and wide receivers slipped, and Big linemen churned up big clods of grass. By the time January 14, 2001 rolled around, the field had degenerated into a brown, bumpy cow pasture, which looked suitable on the surface only by the application of green paint. Oh, that's bad. That's yeah, you why you're think? Painting, you the, think? painting the fields green. Between that and their climb back from a tenuous 7-4 and record after a bad loss to Detroit, the announcers had a field day. They criticized the surface as painted mud throughout the telecast. They noticed how unconvincing the team looked in squeezing out three of their five final wins by a score of four points or less. But Mara had the last laugh in in his typical, succinct fashion. Grasping the Fox microphone held by Hall of Fame quarterback turned analyst Terry Bradshaw, he whipped the sellout crowd into a defiant roar as Bradshaw presented him with the George Hallis Trophy, emblematic of the NFC title. This is the Giants team that was referred to as the worst team ever to win home field advantage in the National Football League playoffs. And today, on this field of painted mud, we proved that we were the worst team to ever win the National Football Conference Championship. I'm happy to say that in two weeks, we're going to try to become the worst team to ever win the Super Bowl, Maris said. Amazing. That's funny.
0: Amazing. It's You know what? He had that in his back pocket. You're not thinking that on the spot. There's no it, way.
1: It is ironic, though. That the Giants actually probably are cons- nah, maybe, maybe no, not. Like you gotta no. go back to maybe like sixties, seventies teams. The, you know, their defense
0: were- was really good.
1: There like was they- some there were some teams that uh made the Super Bowl and they just got completely eviscerated. At least one point yeah. there was a thought, there was a thought in somebody's brain that that Giants Ravens game was actually a football game. Um, but it's ironic that he does say that. And you might be able to consider the 2000 Giants as the worst team to ever make a Super Bowl. No, it's I ironic don't. though. There's a lot no, of irony no, no, no.
0: Here. Okay, what you're saying, yes, it is, because especially when they got blown out 34-7, obviously. Um, but I wouldn't. I don't know. I think the Bucks in 2002 were worse. They just played a shittier Oakland team, in my opinion. What are you
1: talking about? They they won the Super Bowl.
0: I know, but I don't think they were that good.
1: So you would have to say like Oakland. I just no. I just, I, no, I just think.
0: Well, okay, fine. Okay, fine. Oakland. But you look at that Tampa Bay team; they weren't good. That def that, that defense. You're right. They all right. I, I I'm kind of sounding stupid right now. I guess yeah. I'm more so talking about like Brad Johnson and that offense being yeah. really bad. Like that was a really bad offense.
1: The it's defense ironic, was all world. It's ironic that John Gruden is an offensive guru.
0: Yeah, and he had a, right. Yet that well, was that, Tony Dungy's defense. That was Tony Dungy's team. Yep, 100. So, but do you do you know what I was trying to say? Like. I can't. You're you're right. I can't call them bad because they did win the Super Bowl, but one half of their team was not good at all. I guess how that's many, my point.
1: How many uh, grandchildren does uh, Wellington Mara have? Well he's got he's got like the love of my life, Kate Mara. Right, she's mm-hmm. a grandchild. Yeah, love her. Is that she, John start... Mara's? Is that John Mara's? No, I, or John Mara's grandchild.
0: No. Oh, oh wait. Or I'm Chris
1: gonna... Mara? You know, because there's a whole bunch of Mara's. So. I think it, I think
0: it's Chris Mara's. Do, oh no! You know what? I don't know. I don't really want to know. But she dates that loser from uh, you, you know the movie The Social Network, the Facebook movie. Zuckerberg? No. Um, you remember the two Ziffen Doll twins, whatever they oh, were? Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Their friend, like the. Oh. Wow. Yeah, she. D- Strange
1: how you know that. Oh, I know. Oh, she was in she that was. movie. No, she wasn't. I swear she to God, Mara was in that. movie. Oh uh,
0: no, Rooney Mara was. The, Rooney Mara.
1: There's there's multiple actresses in that family.
0: Yes, Rooney Mara's probably a better actress than Kate, but Kate's just oh. really pretty, like gorgeous. And she got beautiful red hair. So, I used to write, I used to write her love letters back in the oh, day. Oh, really? Yeah, I sent them That's to fun. John because I didn't know her address. <laughs> I never got one back, but...
1: How many letters have you written to John Mara in your life? Hundreds. Hundreds? I've only um, got answered once. Wellington Mara has 38 grandchildren. What? Mm-hmm. He wait, has a ele- he has 11 kids
0: okay I was gonna say how many kids does he have that's still a, re- well i guess it's like three kids pretty much average three kids a kid right it
1: can't be the same why you can't be the same woman I that that I vagine would be just destroyed
0: yeah that's in
1: 38 38 grandchildren big Christmas
0: I'm I'm lucky if I have 38 breaths in a day mm-hmm
1: Thursday, and, and knowing you, knowing you with dominoes and White Castle, you ain't taking many breaths these days. Haven't you know eaten either all week. Wow! Mm-hmm. Congratulations. Yep. Um, Thank you.
0: Thank you. Thank you. I have you.
1: another. I have another John Maris story. Uh, well, Please. No, I have uh, another. story. Lo- I'm so Maris happy story. we're
0: talking about Wellington tomorrow.
1: Yeah, I have another Wellington Maris story.
0: Is it? Is it about? Uh, real quick. Is it about the first game that was played after he died? Do you remember that? No, no, I don't have I that like, story. Not here. like that. Should I was like been 35, a story. 35 nothing against the the. Uh, the Redskins week after yeah, good. We're, Scum, we we, the scumbag running back had a big game.
1: We don't call, we don't call, we call them the Washington football club,
0: whatever. Fuck them either way.
1: Mara, a religious man and a daily com- communicant was even shorter with his words. The day in 1997, when he announced the signing of Christian Peter, the defensive lineman had been convicted of eight assaults in seven years and had been accused, but of never, but never indicted for the rape of a, of a Nebraska co-ed. The New England Patriots had drafted him but waived him before training camp started. The Giants picked him up with the provision that he ki- that he keep his nose clean and attend counseling sessions for alcohol abuse, attention deficit disorder, and anger management. It was a highly controversial move, and Mara had made it plain that the major reason that he signed Peter was because he believed the defensive tackle could help his team. Conversely, he felt the Giants organization could help Peter. Do you really think a man can change, asked John Gelberg of the Asbury Park Press. Yes, I do. Maris said. Do you have any concrete evidence that people like that can change, Gilbert pressed. Read the lives of the saints, Maris said. Mm. The answer spoke volumes. Many of the Catholic Church's saints had decidedly unwholesome beginnings only to undergo various conversions to committed holy lives. Although no one will ever canonize the defensive lineman, Peter did go on to play six trouble-free years with the Giants, Indianapolis Colts, And Chicago Bears. This is actually very true, where, you know, a lot of the lives of the saints, including I went to a Jesuit Catholic school for eight years, St. Ignatius of Loyola. He was, uh, he gambled, uh, he had sex with a lot of women, and then he went to battle, and he got part of his leg blown off. And then while he was just sitting in bed in pain all day, he's like, what am I going to do? So I'm just going to read the Bible. And then he became like a great man, and he opened up a bunch of schools, and then he's a saint. So that is very true. But I will say the, the main point that I take from this story is not that, oh, Wellington Mare is, I guess Wellington Mare is kind of wonderful for how he spun this, but it's crazy how optics and perception can change a story. That is so lot. bad. Yeah. Like, how many assaults? Um, Eight assaults in seven years? That's, that's terrible.
0: That's, that's really bad. <laughs> that Seven years, that's... First of all, eight assaults in a lifetime is really bad.
1: One assault years? in a lifetime is bad. But <laughs> right. this man okay. had yes. eight.
0: Right, right, right. <laughs> exactly. That's brutal.
1: Now, now, granted, this isn't like, you know, I feel like after the Ray Rice incident, that really brought a lot of awareness on, like, we need to hold NFL players accountable. So there is no way in hell that somebody who gets caught, you know, breaking the rules eight times for any reason in the NFL today. You know, any kind of reason, whether it's, you know, uh, drug use or, you know, you're, you're breaking the substance abuse policy or even definitely abuse. There's no way that even more than maybe three, I would say three times, yep. they're getting back into the league. But so it was a little, I guess it was a little bit different in back in, what, well, this was 1995, but still. But it is amazing though how Mara spun that and how he spun it to it's like, well, it's the lives of the Saints. Now, if I, me being me, (laughs) me being me though, and, you know, being like from, you know, I have a Catholic Jesuit background, I would have been holding up a microphone and he would have said that. And I would have been like, oh, come on. Yeah. (laughs) Did you really just say that? Wellington Mara. I think it's one of those things where this is such a bad look. This is such a bad look for this franchise. Wellington Maris is like what can I just pull out of my ass to just yeah. shut to just to shut put it down a, put it down up? a
0: little bit right because right. you can't
1: respond to that
0: no how can you how can you, you? Can't. I tell you his son's not good at spin zoning and things so that's it's <laughs> one trait I wish his son had
1: the John Maris should take a lesson from his father and the reason why we bring back DeAndre Baker this year is stop look at look at the Saints
0: Look at what the if he, Saints if he, did. I tell you, if he does that, my confidence in ownership will go up by like 10 million percent.
1: Oh, yeah, I would. I, I, I would <laughs> love it. I would love it. What do we <laughs> have now? We, we got we got some time for some more stories. Dan Reeves replacement.
0: Yes. This is. This is. Yes. Let's end so, off on this one, because I think this would be a good discussion.
1: So the search for Reeves' replacement. Had things turned out differently in Young's 23-day coaching search that brought in Jim Fossil in 1997, the Giants might have changed the Collegiate Fortunes of both LSU and Alabama, Young actually considered and came close to signing then Michigan State head coach Nick Saban to replace Reeves following the 6-10 crash of 1996. Young's assistant Ernie acorsi had pushed hard for Saban. acorsi came to know the Michigan State coach during the 1991 and 1992 acorsi's final two years as general manager in Cleveland when Saban was starting a four-year stretch as Bill Belichick's defensive coordinator. Fossil was always young. Young's number one, then it just jumps back to Jim Fossil. Fossil was always <laughs> Young's number one choice because the former Giants quarterbacks coach in 1991 and offensive coordinator in 1992 under hand Under Hanley had made quite a name for himself in Denver, serving as Elway's position coach for two seasons. So he really did impress over in Denver. With three young quarterbacks in Brown, Danny Cannell, and Stan White, a quarterback-friendly coach would be seen as a valuable asset. But Young liked Fossil even more for his organizational skills and work ethic. What followed was a sequence that had all the cloak and dagger aspects of of an Agatha Christie novel. Don't know who that is. Um, Christy novel, uh, complete with secret meetings and simultaneous contract chats. Fossil, then the Arizona Cardinals offense coordinator was interviewed in the Phoenix airport on December 26, 1996. Saban was interviewed January 2nd near giant stadium stops in San Fran and Cherry Hill, New Jersey to talk with Buggle and Thomas were also included two other coaches that those are two other coaches that were Mm -hmm. interviewed. Young had both men on the hook and discussed money matters with each even after Saban had publicly pulled his name from consideration to protect Michigan State's recruiting interests. I am not a candidate for the Giants job, Saban said through a spokesperson while on a recruiting trip in North Carolina. If it's a two-horse race, they better find another horse. Yet the talks went on only to go under when Saban's contract demands turned out to be a bit too exorbitant for the Giants anyway. When Fossil was supposed to be in mobile scouting senior bowl practices, he sat in a room in Atlantic City, New Jersey, discussing contract numbers with Young. The next day, January 15th, 1997, the 47-year-old signed a four-year, $3.2 million deal. Saban didn't do too badly for himself to coach at Michigan State. Then then he moved to LSU, won a national championship there in 2003. And we all know the wonderful things that he did in college. The greatest but college he also, coach ever, yes. He also had the two-year stint in Miami, so maybe the Giants didn't make the wrong decision. But, Snacks, I actually want to hear what you have to say about this.
0: Yes. Uh, well, apparently, I-, I read it somewhere that he wanted Drew Brees. In Miami. You remember when Drew Brees was a free agent? He was coming off like big uh, rotator cuff surgery or something from San Diego. And there was a lot of question marks on him. Yeah. yeah. So Dante Culpepper at the time was a free agent as well. Dante Culpepper was never the quarterback that Drew Brees was. But the Dolphins and Brees both wanted each other. That's what Saban wanted. The Dolphins front office decided to go with Dante Culpepper. And I mean, the rest is kind of history. Do I think... Saban's Saban probably came into the NFL the way like a Tom Coughlin coached the Giants from 04 to 06 and with the Jaguars like tough as nails. You're like you no funny business. If you laugh, you get the fuck you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um but from a pure football mind perspective, there may be one better mind in the history of football than Nick Saban, and that's that's Bill Belichick. Nick Saban's that good. I don't care about what anybody says with Alabama. He won in LSU. He's won in Alabama. He took Michigan State from dirt shit to relevancy. The man knows exactly what he's doing. And the Dolphins teams weren't even that good, and he still got a few wins out of them. You give him, you give him Drew Brees with Miami. He's never the coach of of Alabama. He's never the greatest college coach of all time because he's winning Super Bowls with Miami. Could you imagine? Could you imagine Saban and Belichick going at it with Brees versus Brady for fifteen years or how it, whatever it would be? That you would
1: basically that? that would basically be watching Brady and Manning go after each other, except, except twice a year.
0: Well, yes, exactly, and except that Breeze isn't overrated. Peyton is, so stop uh, this. What? Oh my god! What did I say? What did I please say? C- please continue. Anyway, uh, regardless, to see Bill and Saban go at it toe to toe twice a year and probably playing in every AFC championship game every single year would have been pretty damn awesome. You would have a you would have a team that's 12 and four going to the playoffs winning the division. And then you'd have a team in second place going 12 and 4 as a wild card in the same division. Yeah. Could you imagine? Those are the two best football minds I've ever seen and I you know somebody older than me tell me the argument for anybody else. So if you ever have the chance, I don't know if you have, I think HBO did it. Belichick and Saban, um, they did like – I don't want to call it a documentary. It was like a like an HBO special or something. I don't know if you watched that. Unbelievable.
1: I don't know if HBO.
0: Oh, my God, you dumb motherfucker. How many times do I have to tell you? Just ask me for my login. I'll give it to you. You should actually do that tonight. Saban, Sabin, Belichick sit down and they just go through all – they talk all football. They talk about their Cleveland days, everything. It's really, this is something really that good. really is good. something
1: that I've always thought, because there was even a documentary I think it was on NFL Network of the Cleveland Browns while Belichick was the head coach and like why it didn't work out. They were pretty damn close to like getting it. They and made getting the, it together hundred percent. They made the playoffs with Belichick. That's like the moment. Like forget like the Jets. Like, you know, I the Jets still debacle. I still I still think
0: the Jets thing is worse. Like if I'm speaking in Belichick terms, which, by the, the way, at we, least the
1: Browns had him like he was there. He was coach. He was the there. Team.
0: Right. He was there for a few years. And, and we that should be, staff we should was be,
1: incredible.
0: We should be pissed, too. We've talked about on this podcast that Parcel screwed Belichick over. Belichick should have been the head coach of New York Giants.
1: Oh Wait, wait. Actually, you want to hear this? I didn't read this part because I skipped it.
0: Read it. It there now.
1: actually is a part where they were talking about because this is 1996, 1997, Yeah. The search for Dan Reeves replacement, Bill Parcells' name was thrown in there. Resurfaced. They did huh. it. Did resurface, but they didn't actually like pursue it. According to Palladino. According say to why Pal- or- No, it, it was it was like a throw. It was like a throw in line by Palladino, but he didn't like. Mm. Say it further, because the main story was about. It was mainly Saving about Jim it. Fossil. Well, well, no, it was about yeah, Jim well, yes, Fossil, yes, yes, But yes, I yes, cut, yes. I cut that out. Because who cares?
0: I do. I love Jim Fossil. Uh, I don't know if I can. I don't know if I can get get behind that. If it's like a one sentence thing. Oh, they thought about Parcells coming back. There's no substance there. And wasn't wasn't he in New England at that time? Ninety-seven, ninety or the Jets maybe.
1: Well, um, it was a transition. It probably was a transition year for him.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah, probably. He's always a fucking. He had some ego. Bill Parcells, great coach, <laughs> great. I mean, great coach. But think about it. He had some ego. I would too,
1: if I helped fix the Giants from what they were in the 1970s, and I brought George them Young. to. Well,
0: no, I know he's with that coach team. No, you're right. But with all right, so how about this?
1: If I to coach Phil Simms's sorry ass, yeah, he, he had an attitude too.
0: He was – he's a pussy. Um, he didn't play in the Super Bowl, so that's all I need to know about Played him. one. You no, know, I know, but he he was hurt for the second, so that's all I need to know about him. But here's a question for you. Is Parcells anything without Belichick?
1: No, it's a great question because that's exactly – I think we're going to really get a good answer to that question with Jerry Eisenberg's book, um, um, No Medals for Trying. Mm-hmm. No medals for trying was actually that's a actually, big
0: billboard by Parcells. On there's a big. Uh, go ahead. Anyway, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah,
1: no, but his father, Bill Parcells' father, actually said that. Like one of yeah. that was one of Parcells' like main mantras as a yeah. coach. There's a billboard he, on
0: Route 17, in
1: New Jersey. You, on that. Yeah. you get no medals for trying, and I think that's right. such a fun. It's a it's such a fun quote. I think I tweeted it once. I have to find it. And I tweeted it out, out on Father's Day, ironically. Oh, um, go figure. So I quote. think we're really going to get. In answer to to that question, because they played the 49ers in 1989. It was a Monday Night Football game. And then the book picks up from where they're on the plane to the moment they play the Philadelphia Eagles the next week. They wound up losing both games. But yeah, what's sure. interesting about those the, the dynamic between those two weeks in the nineteen eighty nine season? This is the season before they won the Super Bowl because right. they won it in ninety and ninety one. Correct. So Eisenberg is writing as Lawrence Taylor is suffering a pretty bad ankle injury, Phil Simms is suffering a possible concussion. So we're actually going. I'm actually going to see, and I'm going to read. I've read the first chapter. I'm going to see. How involved, like, how does Parcells and how does Belichick Tie it all adjust together. Yeah. adjust to possibly playing without Lawrence Taylor? Now, I could have easily looked on Pro Football Reference and saw that, you know, hey, Lawrence Taylor played this game. I'm not going to spoil it for myself. No, no, right, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Gonna... And there's,
0: there's going to be more detail. Like, Pro Football, uh, they have everything, but this book is going to have every single detail behind the scene right. and all that, like, outside right. of numbers and whatnot. So... No, I, I just, I
1: just want to see, I just want to see like what they do and how they react to like, oh, is Taylor right. going to play? Is Taylor not going to play? Because if I, if I already know that Taylor's going to play, it's like, oh, then it gets a lot easier in terms of the game plan because then you yeah. just roll out what you're normally rolling out with. But yeah. if Taylor's not playing and you're having it's, to go up against change. Randall Cunningham,
0: mm-hmm. it's a big time difference. Yep.
1: So that that book, I, I, I honestly like snacks. I can't answer that question. But no, I know, no, I know you gonna... can't, but it's
0: it's a good yeah. dynamic because weren't they together with the Jets, too? And that's when the Jets were successful. Yeah. And then Belichick went to Cleveland. I, I mean, he had some success there, but Parcells didn't really have success. Went to the playoffs once with the Cowboys. Didn't really do much with New England. Did he? Oh, he might have went to the Super Bowl in New England. I may be off here. Didn't he, didn't he go against uh, the Packers? Farf. Yeah. that way He was the coach, wasn't he? Mm-hmm. All right. Well, it's a, it's a, and I still think it's a question, you know, I still think it's a question worth monitoring. End of the day, we should have Belichick as our coach. Oh, one, one last question. Cause I think this is a good one. Yeah. So you've seen what Belichick has, has become, right? Like the greatest football coach of all time. Mm-hmm. Would you be more pissed? I think I know your answer and I probably know mine too. It might be obvious. Would you be more pissed as a Browns fan or a Jets fan?
1: Oh, well, that's what I'm saying. I think I would be more pissed as a Browns fan.
0: Because he was there.
1: This is what I was trying to say before. No, no, I I, I know, and I
0: cut you off. I know, I know. But as a Jets fan, you got to think about he went to the Patriots, and the way he did it was ridiculous, like really, really bad.
1: But at least, I mean, I here, here you you really want to be comparing uh, shit to more shit? Yeah, of at course. Least, uh, at least, at least the shit. Jets, at least the Jets have had like a Chad Pennington. At least the Jets have had you know playoff seasons like that where even Mark Rex Sanchez, Ryan, Mark Sanchez, yeah, the back to back they got to beat the the Patriots in the playoffs and then they, they did, just yeah. couldn't beat Peyton, the greatest quarterback of all time. That's um,
0: ridiculous. Book ahead.
1: Yeah. So. Well, well, we may have to fight about that one week. I'll, yes, I'll I'm really, right. You're wrong. But go ahead. Oh, really. I'll, well, I mean, you're, you're no matter how many, how much analytics I throw at you, you're you're not going to no. see it. So no, I it's won't even listen a, to him. It's no. going to be a pointless argument. But yes, will. the Browns had him. They, they had did. him in the building, and it's not like the Jets where they had him in the building for one day. They actually had him in the building, but they also had one of the greatest staffs ever. Like, I'm trying to the remember who was on the. Who was on the offensive side of the ball? Because we already know defensive side of the ball was Sabin. Sabin, yeah. Why do I feel like was it? Why do I feel like it was Holmgren? But that's not true. I'm looking this up. Yeah, please do. And it's definitely in that like documentary, or whatever it is. 1995. It was a football life. Yes. Yeah. Was it a? Are you sure? It was a football. A football life. Cleveland 95.
0: Oh, 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 oh! I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I thought you were talking about the yes. Okay, really? You know what? I'm gonna write that down right now. Like ten and A football life. There. They do. Oh, am- oh, he sucks.
1: Jim Schwartz,
0: great defensive
1: mind. He was a player scout. Um, Nick Saban, Eric Mangini, um, Phil Savage, Michael Lombardi. All oh, these the front, guys were in the were front there. office. Lombardi. Yeah. Um, Scott Pioli. Scott, Jesus, how did they fail? Ozzie Newsome. Ozzie Newsome's one of the greatest general managers of our time. Became Cleveland's director of pro personnel in 1994. All those guys. I feel like somebody big offensively was there, and I think I'm just missing it. That was
0: a lot of defensive guys and a lot of front office guys, so I'm
1: not sure. Well, offensive line coach uh, Kirk Ferenc. I'm sure some of you who are listening have probably heard of him more than I have. No, they don't even list the offense score. I feel like it's somebody big and yeah, you you're probably listening to this banging on the table telling me that it's somebody and I can't figure it out. But yeah, there know. you go, Snacks. There you go. So this this turns into a talking uh, talking Browns podcast for a hot second. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, you went getting a, t- a talking Bill Belichick podcast.
1: <laughs> I was hoping I was hoping you would kind of run with like I would have loved Nick Saban to yeah, be Giants coach. You know what? I know. And um I I will say this. I feel like I feel like you don't mind it.
0: No. Um I mean you can't sit there and be upset if Nick Saban was your head coach but I was never I was never hammering at the table for a Nick Saban even back in the day um f- f- the Nick Saban rumors have come up what the last 3 years when
1: people still are people are people still st- obsessed every single coaching change I have at least Nick one Saban. friend one friend now. Typically, these friends aren't connected really to the Giants at all. Where they're not like connected to Giants news and stuff like that. But they'll just say Nick Saban's going to be the next head coach, just like Bill Cowher's going to be the next I always, Giants head coach. That's
0: I was. Bill Bill Cowher's been the next Giants head coach for the last twenty fucking years. So, um, no, I I didn't go too into it because I'm kind of indifferent on it. Like, yeah. no, he didn't have great success with Miami, but then again, he didn't get the quarterback he wanted. But then again, he's still one of the best offensive uh, the offensive best football minds in in the history of football college or not. So of course I'd be happy. Um, but I never, I never hammered home the fact that I want Nick Saban as my head coach. So that's really why I didn't go too deep into it. Yeah. Um, I, I tell you, I would take Nick Saban over Ben McAdoo or Pat fucking Shermer, either one of those. Like that's a story in and itself. Hot take. Yeah. Big hot take. Yeah. Um, but outside of that, no, it's just uh, really, I it never really materialized for me. So I, I, I didn't I didn't want to get too into it. And then the whole Belichick and Browns thing and everything came up. So I thought that was good banter. And I didn't really want to talk about Nick's tape. Yeah. So there you go. All
1: right. That's uh that's the episode. We will continue to dive into that chapter of God's bird captains or whatever the last part of that chapter is called. I put I put the book down. Um, No. Not next week. Next week is our training camp episode. Yes, next week is our first training camp episode. Yes. I next was in week Albany. Um, yeah. so we'll we'll talk some uh we'll talk some snacks was up in Albany, uh, when training when camp I was, was young, there. Yes. So so we'll try to we'll try to bring you there. We'll try to lead maybe a we're not going to do this, but, you know, a, a, a guided meditation. And if you close your eyes, you can if you were up in Albany as a kid or even as like a an adult and you miss it up there, um, we'll try to bring you back up there. And then I can even, you know, uh, or if you want to go back to the Timex Performance Center, I, I go every year. So then I'll, yes. I'll describe some sights I, and sounds and stories from there, too.
0: Amen. And I'm sorry to interrupt you as I always do, but I, uh, I try and go every year too. And I sent you one snippet of uh Giant's training camp notes that I take. So yeah. I may, I may read those off and see how bad they were. And in, <laughs> in hindsight, like, you know what I mean? 20, hindsight's 2020. 20, so, so we will see. I, I like to have fun when a training camp is a great thing for fans. Um, and it, it's upsetting that we're not gonna be there this year, but it is what it is. Everybody's got to stay safe, wear a mask. And by the way, by the way, I feel like Anthony would be a huge Nick Saban guy. Mm. I, I, I think mm. uh I think he was probably hammering at the at the notion of Nick Saban being a the next coach of the Giants. So as always I, I like to throw Anthony in at the end.
1: So. That's right. You have to. Um have so to. the ending soundbite is of Wellington Mara at the two thousand NFC Championship game, uh saying that quote that I was saying before that he said to Terry Bradshaw. So uh thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next week. Love and, you. Uh be well.
0: The National Football League. And today, on this field of painted mud, we prove that we're the worst team ever to win the National Football Conference Championship. And I'm happy to say that in two
1: weeks, we're going to try to become the worst team ever to win the Super Bowl.